This beautiful holiday destination plays host to families looking to relax on its lovely beach. But one pair of kids in the 1970s encountered something far stranger than they could have ever imagined. A creature with a bizarre appearance, behaving oddly, and then vanishing without a trace. Did they encounter a ghost, a spaceman, or something far more sinister? This week's episode is The Unsolved Mystery of Sam the Sandown Clown. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinister Thank you to our getting into it patrons for voting on this. We called these deep cut cryptids. We did. We had some good ones on that list. Just giving them options. Yeah, that we'd never heard of. And we just came across in our interneting. And this was one that, I mean, it went one by almost a landslide. It was pretty, pretty significant first place to her because it's such a mystery. And when you have the name or the word clown and anything, you know, that evokes a certain response. Oh, yeah. When I went to make the meme for this week, I was searching through images and memes and GIFs of I just typed clown in and mm. was like, damn it. Oh, there's it. another one. There's another dangerous one. game. Well, the <sighs> most famous sinister clown is talked about daily in this household. <laughs> I mean, we can't go a day without Ella talking about Pennywise. And that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> so She's like, where's Pennywise right now? Last night, you tell me a story about Pennywise. I said no, because you know what it is, and, you don't, and you're scared of it. She's, but she's obviously intrigued. She doesn't. It's almost kind of like a bit she does with this too. But you know, I mean, yeah, the pumps are primed for sure for her to be into all that one day. How could she not with parents like Tommy and I? So, oh yeah, it's a, well. I remember when you first told me that I was like. How would she even know what Pennywise was? And then you just gestured broadly with your arm <laughs> to your house. And I looked around and I was like, Stephen King thing there and there mm-hmm. and there and another thing there and another thing there. And I was like, that's how. Well, there you go. There's a lot of Stephen King art, especially in the living room. There was a time where we had to tape pieces of paper towels over certain pictures that Pennywise was in because she didn't want to see it at all. Like a giant picture that has all sorts of characters and then one tiny little square of toilet paper to cover up Pennywise. (laughs) And to be fair, that one was like little cartoons. Like they don't look particularly... No. No, it's like a little cartoon drawing of all Stephen King universe together. Mm -hmm. But she knows what it is. She knows he's just fucking hiding, pretending to be a cute little fuzzy, like fluffy little cartoon clown. Mm -hmm. And you know... I told you for baby brother's birthday, I was at Target and they had a Pennywise like cute pop figurine. And I thought, well, he didn't know what it is. He might like that. And then that's when I had to ask you, Tommy, hey, I have a question as a non-child haver. I almost said owner. Like, I don't own any children. But I was like, I don't have kids. What's up with like appropriateness of kids birthday toys? And y'all were like, you can just the parents can sort it out. I was like, well, here's what I found today. And we're (laughs) like, like, no. We're already hiding a Pennywise stuffy in the garage from our five-year-old. So we'll wait until she's come to terms with that one. 
And that, again, not a joke. It's hidden in a cooler in the garage. One day she opened the cooler and accidentally found it. We forgot we'd hidden it in there. Chaos ensued. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. If she she just thinks she's just opening a... And then, because then that sets you up of he can be hiding anywhere. I know. God. I, there's no winning. And no. I'll tell you what. I got some... I got some opinions about this clown. Maybe I'm jaded because of clowns in general, specifically Pennywise, but I got some opinions. If you're tuning in for the first time, Christy doesn't like clowns. <laughs> Not at all. Not one and bit. You, you've had a number of unfortunate, uh, well, I won't say a number, but at least one primary unfortunate run-in with a clown in your own home by your husband's hand with the clown of, what was it? What oh, did he call it? The, the Lakewood, Lakewood Clown. clown. Yes. yes, this was lore he created when we first started dating that had to do with this creepy... It's The house itself wasn't creepy in a neighborhood called Lakewood in Dallas, but there were these... There was this light fixture in the front yard that was like a light pole, and off of that were four large bulb lights, like the size of basketballs, and they were red, blue, green, and yellow. Mm-hmm. It was not the vibe that I like to see when I'm driving down the street. No. I was scared of it. And then Tommy very seriously was like, well, that's where the Lakewood Clown lives. And then for over a year, the Lakewood Clown was a part of our relationship. He <laughs> would just, every time we drove by it, the story got darker he changed my screensaver on my laptop once when I wasn't at home to change it to say, like, hello from the Lakewood Clown. <laughs> Very scary. Uh, oh, I was bullied by my friends in college and somehow got signed up for a clown newsletter that all of a sudden <laughs> I just started getting what some unhinged person is just printing out in their garage and stapling together handfuls, fistfuls of paper of just clown information. And then um, they they mail it out to people on their newsletter list. I feel a lot like Jim Halpert when it's like, I know what Christy likes, but more importantly, <laughs> I know what she hates. And when I see certain things, there's been certain clown things and certain E.T. things that I have to stop myself and say, no, you love Christy and you don't want her <laughs> to cry or to be upset. It would be funny briefly, but it's also disturbing. So don't do that to her. Thank she doesn't you. deserve that. I so, appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, that was not a knock at Tommy. I'm just saying I've been tempted recently and well, I've held myself. Back. Thank you. I appreciate your restraint. I'm uh, not a fan of this clown either. And <laughs> when we start describing what this thing looked like, We'll all see why. Yes. And I do want to say the primary account, pretty much the only place this was written about initially was in the Bufora, which is the, we'll tell you all about it, the British UFO Research Association. And we have digested the information, rewritten it for you in our own way, because the way Bufora was doing it, they were slipping in very fucked up details about this thing that I was like, wait, what the fuck? It has what kind of hands? It has what for its arms? I'm like, you got to lay that out up front. Mm -hmm. It would just it, like 16 paragraphs later, they'd be like, oh yeah, by the way, this is, it's got this crazy mouth. And you're like, <laughs> why did you tell me that to start with? So hopefully we can unveil the sand down clown for you in a way that you'll all be very comfortable with, that there's not going to be a gotcha surprise. Mm. Like Norman Oliver, the author of the Bufora <laughs> article was leaving like little, he was like leaving little minds in there for you to like freak yourself Keeping out. Keeping you on your toes. 
No, he was too much. Norman so- Oliver is a great uh, name in general, but specifically like an author name that's going to be published. Oh, yes. A British parapsychologist mm-hmm. professor, professional <laughs> Norman Oliver. <laughs> he works at Hogwarts and also for Bufora. Yes. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get into it. <laughs> she says begrudgingly. <laughs> Known for its beautiful golden beach, family-friendly eateries, water sports, and an impressive dinosaur museum, the idyllic seaside town of Sandown is located on the southern end of the Isle of Wight in the English Channel. Initially used as a military site, Sandown transformed into the popular beach resort it's known as today after a railroad running through the town was built in the 1800s. Describing itself as the most haunted isle in the world, according to Haunted Rooms UK, the island, as it's called by locals, is no stranger to the paranormal. However, one of the isle's more bizarre tales of the unexplained is not widely known, despite it being called the strangest and most unclassifiable paranormal entities ever in England's recorded history. By High Strangeness Wiki. The primary source for information on this encounter was the British UFO Research Association, or Bufora. Founded in 1964, Bufora describes itself as a non-cultist and scientifically evaluative organization. Written by the so-called first gentleman of Bufora, Norman Oliver, the journal article published in February of 1978 was titled Report Extra Ghost or Spaceman 73. I like that it's a sunny town and we're about to find out the extraterrestrials have honed in on it as also a nice place that they want to come and visit. I mean, they've got a bird's eye view to look at everything. You can see, where do I want to go? Lush greenery, gorgeous beaches, beautiful waters, nice people. Golf course? I Yes. Airport. Convenient. I'll call this my home. Done and done. It makes sense. I'm done. I'm not saying that the Isle of Wight is was designed specifically to attract extraterrestrials, but if it is an attractive holiday location, it stands to reason visitors to this planet would also be visitors to the Isle of Wight. Some things are universal throughout yeah. all galaxies, and that's we all like a nice beach resort town. Hell yeah, trying to get trying to lay out, enjoy the nice the serenity, how quiet it is. It looks gorgeous. The videos oh, yeah. and pictures. I told you I said I would love to holiday here because when we go there on what us hicks call vacation, we're going to be holidaying. Exactly. <laughs> when you do it in the UK, it's a holiday. <laughs> when we do it, we're going on vacation. Mm-hmm. Or vacation. Maybe we just go around somewhere here, go to a hotel, something nice, get yourself a pool for a night and you have a staycation. The Redneck Rave. We'll go to the old Redneck <laughs> We watched the docu series Fringes on Vice was about the Redneck Rave, and the guy said that. He's like, we're on a staycation. We're from the other side of Kentucky, mm-hmm. so it's pretty close for us. Yeah. Uh, Not a holiday. We're on a holiday at the Redneck Rave. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like your finest crumpets so I can dip like it in my Miller Lite. crumpets and Jaeger bombs. I tell you what, if you <laughs> like Jaeger bombs, watch yourself that docu-series. Good God. Drink it like water. Oh, my Lord. According to Oliver's article, a man named Leonard Cramp encouraged the subject of this story to come forward and share it with Bufora. The subject, Mr. Y, requested to remain anonymous 
given that the story involved his daughter. Mr. Wise's account begins with his own UFO experience, which occurred on October 20th, 1970, a few years prior. Headed from the seaside resort of Shanklin, north toward the town of Ride, Mr. Y made an eastbound turn toward the village of St. Helens. Driving toward the water, Mr. Y noticed a large multi-lit aircraft halfway between his car and the beach ahead. Mr. Y got out of his car to investigate. It's the 70s. However, I don't know that I would have got out of my car. Maybe. The more we hear people write in about their encounters with what they might think is a UFO, the less inclined I am to pull my car over and video something. Yeah. (laughs) But at the same time, you've got to for people to believe you. Oh, pretty much anything nowadays. It's and it has been for the past probably ten or twenty years. Pixar, it didn't happen. Yeah, as soon as right. we had our phone in my pocket, our pocket, it was like, well, if you don't have a video of it, did it really happen? Mm-hmm. I need to make a rescission of my prior UFO sighting. By the way, uh oh, the one that you thought you saw with Paris driving. I was so sure. I was so sure. What and was then it? the other day, I was driving the same road early in the morning yet again airplane right across that fly path <laughs> okay <laughs> right across well it. we figured it out and you know what that's the mark of a true paranormal investigator that isn't biased that you got to disprove it before you can prove it so i'm proud of you yes i was like you know what i'm willing to admit that i was wrong does that mean i won't still see an extraterrestrial someday but also nothing it doesn't mean you were wrong it could have <laughs> still been an alien spacecraft it also just happens to be on a flight path. Right. It was flying right toward Love Field. And that's where it landed. <laughs> mm. In the secret government bunker under Love Field. Mm-hmm. Staring into the sky, Mr. Y spotted the multi-lit craft hovering over the swampy land just off the coast. He noticed the shape of the craft's lights. Seven bright red, clearly defined spheres. Each looked, according to Mr. Y, just like... A bright red cherry. In between the red rotating lights were also white and turquoise lights. Despite the size of the craft and its close proximity, the mysterious vehicle made no sound. There it is. It's a giant slot machine and nobody hit the jackpot yet. Oh, it's just ding, 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 ding. It's just trying. Somebody's (laughs) got to pull that big old handle in the sky and get those three sevens in a row. (laughs) That's right. Lucky sevens. You go right to the space. That's how you get uh, invited on. You got to hit the jackpot. And then they're like, all right, come on. You're the lucky winner. Also, I guess if it was quarter, it wouldn't be quarters if it was in the UK. Doubloons. So I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend I do. Because last time we tried to do that, many very nice Canadians let us know that we were not correct about the currency that they use. A six pounds. I thought they used pounds. They do use pounds. And doubloons. No, they don't use doubloons. That's pirates. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, surely not. <laughs> no, not anymore. Yeah, you, you got to get that pound in the sky to get up into that aircraft. Hell yeah. Mr. White decided to continue on his way, but just as soon as he began to drive, he noticed the craft followed along. Not directly behind him, the craft instead flew parallel. After a few moments, the craft instead flew behind Mr. Y at a low altitude and darkened three of its red lights. Seeing how close to the ground the aircraft was, Mr. Y stopped again, this time taking out a torch and signaling to the craft for about 10 minutes. 
In response, the object rocked forward, then back again, and according to Mr. Y, did so without settling. Okay, so now he's in the open, just <laughs> waving. I'm down here, like a aircraft controller. Yeah, he was trying to help yeah. help him find the road to land. I'm down here. Pick he, me up. This me personally, if I was doing all this to try and get this alien's attention, and they said nah, that's hard not to take personal. Oh yeah, it's emo- you're like, what was wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I showed you where I was. I even pulled over when it looked like you were following me. Yeah, I'm down here asking to be invited into your world, but sometimes you got to play a little hard to get. Apparently, I was going to say like the kids with the with their graduation hats and they write messages on <laughs> yeah. it. You got to write, take me with you. But <laughs> you're right. They're like, we don't want some desperate nerd coming up in here. Like we want the cool, mm-hmm. the one that can pull... You know, pull the right slot handle. That's what we want. Well, you got to win yeah. over the people that don't want to be up there because they're the ones that go back and they're like, I wasn't a believer, but now I am. Mr. Wise, like, I've told you from the beginning <laughs> that the skies are full of these. So everyone's like, yeah, I know, buddy. We've heard you bitching about it for years. Damn, that's a good point. They only want skeptics. Mm-hmm. Well, there goes my chances. <laughs> Needing to get on with his journey, after 10 minutes of attempting to signal with his torch, Mr. Y moved on. Once he arrived at his friend's house, he noticed the craft's lights were still illuminated in the distance. He turned his car's rear lights toward the craft as his friend stepped outside to greet him. Mr. Y confirmed his friend could also see the lights, and his friend noted yes, not only were the lights there, but they appeared to be playing hide-and-seek between the treetops. It's a cheeky little aircraft. It's playing around. I like it. It's bouncing up and down. Mm -hmm. Can you see me? No, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. It's playing. It's like a little, I like to think, this is when some teen aliens took their parents' spacecraft (laughs) out for a joyride. Nobody knew they had the keys. And they're just zipping around the universe, trying to see what they can get into. And they spot Mr. Y and decide to have some fun. Yeah, why wouldn't you go to the Isle of Wight? They're like, let's go to that beach place. But then you're like, oh, fuck, he's signaling with us. He can see us. Okay, now hide from him. Okay, now jump back up. Oh, now his friend's there. Hide again. We got to go back. Mom and dad are going to bust us. He's got a torch. He's serious. Get out of here. We can't can't take him with us. We can't. Sinisterhood will be right back. Well, I'll tell you what. If uh, there's no food in this house, I'm eating the same old cereal, plain, non-nutritious food, but I am trying to eat more vegetables. That's one of my new goals, just to have better access to vitamins from natural sources. And that is why Factor is here for us. My personal goal is to eat vegetables and why not get a pre-made meal that's got good taste in vegetables so I'm not just eating a sad carrot. So good. And that's a great goal. I also have the same goal. I just want to feel cleaner on the inside, you know? Yeah. Well, you can save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest. With keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all of the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and even more satisfying add-ons. 
I love those smoothies. Oh, yes. The, the, all, so good. Everything I've had from them is good. Ice cream, the meals, the smoothies, all of it. And I feel good when I get on my monthly meetings with my dietitian and tell her what I've been eating. And she's like, oh, good. Oh, if it's a factor meal, you, I don't even need to know. Nice. Like I know it's already. But if you get factor, you can enjoy the clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals. Enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered straight to your door. And they're ready in just two minutes. So there's really no easier way to eat well. Achieve and maintain your goals this year with Factor. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head to factormeals.com slash creepy60 and use code creepy60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code creepy60 at factormeals.com slash creepy60 to get 60% off your first box. Eventually, the lights faded that night in October of 1970. However, over the next few years, Mr. Y continued seeing the glowing red balls, even noting that some would follow him. As if checking in my movements. One evening in March of 1972, Mr. Y saw something more disturbing than giant glowing cherries. If there ever could be something. (laughs) Well, what are the other things on a slot machine? Clovers? Cherries? Cherries, sevens, yeah. bananas. Are there bananas? Am I thinking of Runt's candy now? Uh, I think Runt's candy and slot machines have a crossover. I think a lot of those things are represented on a slot machine. I remember Runt's- bananas. And I think it's also whatever the theme of the machine is can also depict. I like the Dean Martin theme slot machines everywhere I go. I only play Dean Martin. Well, I don't only play because I love to gamble. slot machine opinion to have, and I love it. If you need to win, go to the Dean Martin machine. That's all I'm saying. If you need to win, go to Dean. (laughs) This time, Mr. Y was on the cliffs near Compton Bay on the opposite side of the aisle on the western side. That night in March of 1972, between 9 and 10 p.m., Mr. Y saw two yellow lights staring up at him from the water. He told Bufora that they were peering up at me like the eyes of some horrible sea monster. Approximately 40 feet below his vantage point, Mr. Y saw the eyes from beneath the water. When the tide flowed out, the eyes disappeared, and Mr. Y headed home. He never told his daughter what he had seen. In time, she would have an incident of her own. It's the fucking Kraken. He found it. (laughs) That's the only explanation. That (laughs) fairies. Oh, what are those seals called? The seals. The seals that live in the UK that are really not seals. They're people dressed like seals. Selkies. What are they? Selkies. Selkies. It's a selkie. It could be a selkie. I was like, did you mean manatee? Oh, manatee with a headlamp. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if they live around there. If they do, you're welcome because they are be lunking. beautiful creatures of the sea. Using the pseudonym Fay. Mr. Y told Bufora what his young daughter encountered in May of 1973. She was just seven years old. Bufora titled this encounter, Sandown Spaceman or Golf Link's Ghost. It started in an area near the current location of the Isle of Wight in Sandown Airport. Faye was off Lake Common Road near the Sandown Golf Course around four o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, with a boy her own age, whose name was also kept anonymous by the journal. The pair heard a sound described as a wail, like that of an ambulance. Being curious children, they followed it across the nearby golf course. Crossing through a small hedge, the children found themselves in what Bufora described as 
a swampy meadow adjacent to the little-used Sandern airport. It was at this point that the noise ceased. The children then crossed over a brook via a wooden bridge. It was from beneath this bridge that the frightening creature would emerge. All the children saw at first was a hand wearing a blue glove. Then they saw the entire figure, described as over seven feet tall. The creature, referred to in the article by he, him, was dressed somewhat like a clown. He had on a yellow pointed hat attached to a red collar atop a green tunic. It had antennas on either side of its hat that were made of wood. The hat's point was finished with a black round knob. Hate all of it. Hate it already. Yeah. Nothing about this sounds like it's going to turn out good. Worst, it's a person in a dress wacky hiding under a bridge that pops out when they see some kids. So not ideal. Mm -mm. And at best, it's a, a extraterrestrial and you don't know what his motives are. I don't know if that's a best. I think those are both <laughs> worst case scenarios as a seven-year-old just taking us jaunt through the countryside. <laughs> we followed a sound and it was a clown. <laughs> that's, let, that's... let me just go back through this quickly. So the hand wearing a blue glove, it only has three fingers, by the way. It has a yellow pointed hat. So we're looking at a Mr. Man with the yellow hat from Curious George situation. See, I picture it as there's a, um, he looks just like this character that's on this kid's cartoon that I can't think of the name of. I don't think it's color blocks, but it has color in the name, but it's, you know, kids blocks that are bright colors that you build with. Yeah. Ella just got for her birthday, this thing that they're magnets that you used to make different pictures and they're all different shapes. So there's like a wooden red hat, a bright yellow circle, a green square. And then when you put it all together, it looks like a, a toy, a wooden toy. That's very colorful. This is what I'm picturing when I see this. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause it's a, the drawing that before I included in the article, which we'll include in our posts on social media is it looks like a children's toy, but seven foot tall, which is also disturbing. Horrifying. Horrifying. When the being stood up from beneath the bridge, he was holding a book at first. When he dropped it, he made a spectacle of retrieving it from the brook below. Book in hand, he slipped into a nearby silver metal hut. Rather than walking on two legs, Faye told her father that the seven foot tall clown moved more with a strange hopping motion with knees raised high. So now it's not even, it's hopping around Mm-mm. looking like a giant toy. No. Everything about this is unsettling and just makes me, oh my gosh, this is like the creepiest thing you can stumble upon in the woods. Oh, and especially that it has this book and because you don't want to go, Mr. Spaceman, what's in your book? And he's like, it's instructions on how to eat a child. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, it's all, you know, ways to lure children in the woods. It's all about the primary colors and how best to use them with your aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Trying to get your outfit on point. <laughs> the kids decided to head back and made it just about 150 feet before the odd-looking being in the yellow hat began heading toward them. He had a black microphone with a white cord in his hand. Each hand had only three fingers on it. When the kids looked back, 
they heard the same ambulance-type wailing sound again for a few moments. Once it was done, the entity spoke into the microphone he was carrying. Even a half football field away from the children, they could hear his voice right next to them. He spoke in what the kids perceived as a friendly tone, saying, Hello, are you still there? Well, now you know it's seen you. Seen you? Following after you, and has some weird ability to throw its voice to where it sounds like it's right next to you. Yeah, and also needs some kind of uh, mechanical type thing to speak in our language. Yeah, maybe it's like a translator box, Mm. like Star Trek style. The kids decided to head back toward the seemingly friendly figure. Now closer, they could see his face. Described by publications as... A cross between a clown, a robot, and an alien. The creature resembled a raggedy andal, with blue triangular shapes for its eyes. Its nose was nothing more than a brown square. Its mouth didn't move, but was only comprised of a pair of two yellow, motionless lips. The strange being's head, which was spherical in shape, appeared too large for its thin frame, and rested directly atop its body as it had no defined neck. Unlike a human, the creature's skin looked more like paper and was stark white. Its white cheeks were marked red with circles. From beneath its yellow hat, sprigs of red bangs covered his forehead. But when he removed his hat, a white, balding scalp was revealed atop its sphere-shaped head. Oh. My. God. I mean, <laughs> it's worse. now, uh, how do you come back from this one? They're like, oh, fuck that, and run off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we fucked this one right up. Hey, well, better get back to mum and dad. Yeah. Time for our tea and biscuits. Well, I think that uh, seeing this in the woods, I I love kids because of the innocence of just stopping and going, you know, all right, what's going on? Like, they they Mm -hmm. turned around. Oh, someone called to me, turned around. But that's also... What makes it heartbreaking in certain situations is the vulnerability of children and their willingness to trust. And mm-hmm. they see something that, oh, he sounds friendly. Oh, it looks like one of our toys that we have. Let's go over there and see what it is. And jaded adult would run for the hills. Yeah. Or maybe kids nowadays would run for the hills. True. 1973. Yeah, you might go. Well, everyone's a friend. You, Especially if they look like... Maybe if you look at the the sketch of it, it could maybe be a person outside of a kid's toy store, like in a costume trying to mm-hmm. get you to come in. Kind of half toy soldier, half clown. Um, All freaky. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Sinisterhood will be right back. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Like, for instance, me, yesterday, my stomach hurt, which I have IBS, so it always hurts. But you always got to wonder if it's the big hurt <laughs> I need to be worried about. Then I end up on TikTok. Then I end up on weird back forums with comments. And I'm trying to get advice, but it's just from strangers on the Internet. And, like, mm. I, need a, I need a legit expert. Yeah, there's better ways to do that. You can get care from deserved, trusted professionals and not random people on the Internet. ZocDoc is the way I do it. It helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in whatever care you need and to deliver the type of experience that you want. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. 
No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet looking for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor. You just haven't met him yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app, or some of them, to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their need and schedule just right. I realized I needed a refill on some of my tummy medicine, and it was time for a, you know, annual review anyway, and I was able to not have to call in, bug everybody. I could book my doctor's appointment for the doctor I already found on ZocDoc with ZocDoc. It's so much easier than having to go through a thousand websites to see, does this person take my insurance? Do they not? You got to log on to your own insurance website. With this, they take care of everything. You just tell them, this is what I got, and they'll shoot you out a list. Exactly. Go to ZocDoc.com slash creepy and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash creepy. ZocDoc.com slash creepy. While the children had earlier heard him speak, this time the entity used a notebook to communicate. He wrote, Hello, and I am all colors, Sam. According to Faye, the words were not laid out in a conventional sequence. Instead, the entity pointed to each word in turn. Closer still, the children could hear the stranger speaking, though its lips remained motionless. Faye's father described the creature's speech to Bufora, like that of a person who does not open his mouth properly. So it was difficult for the children to understand him. Well, with the yellow, motionless lines for lips... I imagine it would probably come across uh, a little robotic. Yeah. Or, you know, at the very least, you're kind of trying to talk through a mouth not moving. That's why he's got his microphone. That's so right. So you're and his pen and paper. Pen and <laughs> exactly. <his> paper. <laughs> Interesting that the words were jumbled, though, and that he had to point to them in order that he wanted her to read them. And that he knew the order in which they were to be read, but could not speak them in that order. And didn't write them in that order. Or write them in that order, yeah. That's interesting. They managed to make communication work, though, and asked him why his clothes appeared so raggedy. He explained that it was his only set of clothes, so he couldn't change into something nicer. They also noticed something sticking out from both of his sleeves and from his white trousers. Wooden slats. His bare feet were white and had only three toes on each foot. Curious at his appearance, they asked if he was a man. The entity laughed and replied, (laughs) Oh, no. That's, nope, that's the worst answer. Well, first of all, don't ask somebody why your clothes are so ragged. <laughs> Rude. Even why if you you're seven. Like Come on. Shit. <laughs> what? Why you look so shitty, Mr. Clown? Is it because you live out here by the airport? Pretty uh, presumptuous to uh, roll into somebody's metal hut and start shit-talking their clothes <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Especially when... I mean, yeah, there's two of you, but you're much younger and you got an adult. Well, maybe an adult. We don't know what this thing is. Ruling out being a man, the kids then asked the entity if he was a ghost. He replied, Well, not really, but I am in an odd sort of way. The kids pressed further, asking, What are you then? But only received the unclear refrain, You know, you know. Though he had written Sam on the notebook page, the entity told the children he had no name. Disturbingly, he told them that he was not the only one of his kind. The kids weren't worried, though, because the entity told them he would not fight back if attacked, and was, in fact, afraid of humans, 
writing to them that he was scared they might hurt me. Still near his silver hut, resembling that of a construction hut with no windows, the kids were invited through... Still near his silver hut, resembling that of a construction hut with no windows, the kids were invited inside through a small flap. Well, odd sort of way. Is that down on your luck or stranded on a planet that's not your home planet? Yeah, the um, the hut that has been, you know, through artist rendering, looks very similar to other metal buildings that are out around that area because of the airport. Mm-hmm. So Storage. Did he... Did he uh, get squatters' rights with one of these huts? Did he is it, did he bring this hut with him? Unclear. Yeah, they called it the the little used airport, so it might be that it's you know it's there for you know private aircraft or whatever or emergencies, but that it's not a hopping bustling airport to where you could just either take over one of these huts or set your own hut up and nobody would notice. Mm-hmm. Either way, kiddos. Don't go through a small flap into a stranger's hut when you're invited. If Hansel and Gretel have taught us anything. <laughs> yes. Tale as old as time. I do like the setup and maybe I'm jaded, but whenever someone's like, you know, if you tried to fight me, I wouldn't fight back. I'm actually scared of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you really just trying to say that? Or are you trying to start some shit? That's I. My first thought was he doth protest too much. He's letting him know, oh, I won't hurt you. I'm actually scared of you. Go back and tell all your friends and family that I would never attack them. Mm, They're trying to spread rumors. It's like last night when we were sitting on the porch and we saw a person walking up the side of the street that we were on. And I said, I got to put my Crocs in sport mode in case I need to roll on this person. And then they crossed the other side of the street. And I was like, yeah, see, now they know. So they were trying to act like, oh, I'm not going to fight you. But once I put my Crocs in four wheel drive, Mm -hmm. they had to cross over. But yeah, don't believe him. Don't believe him, kids. Mm-mm. Despite its apparently small size, once inside, the kids noticed the dual levels of the hut. The lower level was much cozier than the second floor, with blue-green wallpaper, an electric heater, and wooden furniture under a ceiling high enough to stand up inside. The second floor ceiling was lower and hung above a metal floor. Well, I like that he wallpapered the place. I mean, we all want to feel comfortable in our surroundings, make it homey cozy little electric heater Mm -hmm. the entity shared details about his life with the children the hut wasn't his only home he told him he also had a campsite on the mainland he could go to he was comfortable in the hut though eating locally sourced berries for sustenance and drinking river water that he had sanitized himself after mentioning the berries the entity then decided to eat one however he didn't simply pop the berry in his mouth instead the creature took a berry and performed what Faye's father described as a conjuring trick. First, he stuck the berry in his ear. He then moved his head, causing the berry to lodge inside. Next, the berry reappeared in what Bufora called one of his odd eyes. Then thrusting his head forward again, the berry then ended up in his mouth where he ate it. In a parenthetical note, Norman Oliver offered... A possible explanation could be that he was wearing some kind of protective mask and analyzing the berry to check it wasn't poisonous. Oh. At every possible turn, this gets creepier and creepier. 
So then he takes the berry and instead of eating it in his mouth hole, like we would envision, sticks it in his ear hole, Mm -hmm. jiggles it around. It appears in the triangle eye so that I guess peekaboo to freak the kids out. (laughs) And then you go, here it is. As if this was going to impress the children. I mean, perhaps it did. I think it's also scary as shit. Exactly, because I would say, okay, well, maybe it's just an illusion, you know, like sleight of hand, like he already had a berry in his mouth, so he stuck a berry, quote unquote, in his ear, you know, just balance it in there and jiggles it around. But when it appears in the eye hole, that tells me it's all connected. (laughs) Well, I mean, any ear, nose and throat doctor will tell you that that's true. (laughs) So you put it in one, it's going to come out the other. But it's ear, nose and throat, not ear, nose, throat and eye hole. That's true. Yeah. If you're snotting out your eye hole, shit's gone wrong. I mean, I know the tear ducts are all connected, too. Maybe it rolled up his tear duct. Who knows? Who knows what, what how he's made inside that white head? You think it made a rattling sound? Like like yeah. a marble in yeah, a tin Yeah, I do can- imagine it sounded like that. Like the last Altoids? <laughs> After spending more than 30 minutes with their new strange friend, the children said goodbye and ran back from where they came across the golf course. When they came upon a grown-up... They told the man they had seen a ghost. He simply laughed in their faces. Having been poorly received by a grown-up already, it took Faye nearly a month to tell her father. Listen to kids when they report a sighting. Yeah. Even if they come up and tell you they've seen a ghost, don't just be like, <laughs> you idiots. You have to be like, could you elaborate? Mm-hmm. Because what if there's a dangerous person lurking in the forest? Yeah. What if there's uh, an unhinged man dressed like a clown who is luring kids into a metal hut. And shoving berries all kind of in orifices where they don't go. Yeah, we need to know about that. Yeah, thanks a lot, golf course guy. Ruin (laughs) it for the rest of us. (laughs) On June 2nd, 1973, Faye mustered the courage to tell her story. Even despite his own prior experiences with UFOs, Mr. Y was skeptical at first. But given his daughter's extreme attention to detail and her insistence that it happened and she wasn't making it up, he took her seriously. He went to the area where the metal hut would have been, but found nothing there. No trace of the mysterious stranger or his odd home. Wanting to investigate further, Mr. Y tracked down the young boy Faye had been with that day. The boy was not as forthcoming as Faye, but still confirmed the events of that day and verified with Mr. Y that he had seen it too. Well, he's doing his due diligence, going to try to find the actual hut, see if there's an outline. Mm -hmm. And good for you for listening to your daughter. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, even if you think it's ridiculous, to your child, it is something that, unless they're making it up, is real to some degree. So, you know, like we always say, perception's reality. So play into their reality and you got to respect that and show them that you don't think they're just full of shit. At the very least, yeah, just listen to her and, you know, poke around a little bit. It doesn't mean like, all right, we're going to go hunt the clown. We're going to get everybody in this city to, you know, strap up and we're going to go hunt the clown. It's a clown hunt, everybody. It's a clown hunt. So good old fashioned clown hunt. That's part of the redneck rave. After you get you a couple of Jaeger bombs in you, we're going clown hunting, y'all. Getting the ATV. We're going bogging. We're going to mud bog. And then we're going clown hunting. Just in time does not fuck with clowns. And if you're wondering who that is... (laughs) He is the um, redneck hip-hop artist who is in charge of the redneck rave. 
He's like, hell, I was able to quit my nine to five because I was running rave parties out here in the woods. Mm-hmm. Guess who else is out in the woods? Sam the Sandown Clown. Hell yeah. If they had an Isle of Wight rave, maybe maybe there'd be they'd find him. There'd be would so go. many. I yeah. would go too. Mr. Y was satisfied enough to report the incidents to Bufora. He summed up his report, saying I get the impression that Faye was somehow taken into a bubble of alien reality created by this strange personage. He told them he had just made the hut. Also, Faye told me that they were talking with his ghost, and as they were, two workmen nearby were repairing a post. They paid no attention to the weird charade, as though they could not see it. Well, I don't know that this would have been my first conclusion. (coughs) But he's had a history with UFOs, so, you know, that's what you know. That's where your brain goes. How many giant cherries have you seen orbiting the sky following your car? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, zero. None and none. Well, I do appreciate the uh, that he uses the two workmen not being able to see it as, I mean, they're either really involved in their job or... They wit- They could have witnessed a full-fledged interdimensional being crossover, and they were too dedicated to the post-mending that they missed it. Mm, God. <laughs> That's, a job's not going to love you back, guys. So no. guess what? Well, Look up from your post and see what you can see. So Mr. Wise theory is that essentially Faye and her friend stepped into a um, portal of some sort, a rip in the time-space continuum, um, were therefore invisible because of this alien hut that the workmen couldn't see. My question, though, is before they got in the hut, did the workmen see these kids? Because I haven't seen anything about that. This is actually not a widely reported on story. So there's not a ton out there. This is, like I said, the Before a Journal article is where it was reported and everything else is just interpretations of the Before mm-hmm. article. And so that's why we we're like, we're going straight to the source the first and only interview with this family because they wanted to remain anonymous. That's a great question if the workers just happen to see the kids or if because it was a boggy, swampy area, you don't expect to see kids playing over there. Mm-hmm. So you're not even going to look over. The other strange thing is if the siren was as loud as an ambulance wail and like uh, ambulance sirens, if you're out mm-hmm. on the street, I mean, you plug your ears, it's so loud. And the kids heard that and that's what they ran after. One would assume on a kind of a chill quiet area golf course especially golf courses are pretty quiet someone else would hear that but if it was disguised as an ambulance sound do you just go like oh yeah an ambulance passed by but i even it didn't bother me so i didn't look up or maybe he directed the audio to where only the children could understand it oh so it was specifically targeted at mm-hmm. them <laughs> or they say kids you know can have the veil is thinner for them because they're not yet clouded so perhaps it was something everyone could hear and only the children could hear it. You could hear too it. Too focused on the pole. <laughs> too, look away <laughs> from the pole. <laughs> but you're right. Maybe if we're all mucked up, our brains are all mm. mucked up with the everyday life. And if we were innocent like a child, we would hear the clown man siren wail. There you go. You know what? Cloud me up, baby. I'm not trying to hear that. <laughs> Sinisterhood will be right back. 2023 is the year of good. Feel good. Do good. Be good to yourself. And Kitsch makes feeling good real simple with luxury, game-changing essentials that beauty enthusiasts like us swear by. 
I am a beauty enthusiast. If people have said anything about me, it's <laughs> she is a beauty enthusiast. <laughs> Whatever your budget, your skin type, your hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices, morning, noon, and night. I'm a big fan of, I, need, I deserve a little treat. Oh, yes. I think I deserve treats all the time. Kitsch is a treat, but for your head and face. <laughs> Starting and that kitsch should be your new motto. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Kitsch, it's great because it was started in 2010, selling hair ties door to door, hustling, hustling in a dream, just like us. Mm. Self-funded, female founded, and it's now carried in over 20,000 retail locations. Kitsch's bestsellers include satin pillowcases, caps and eye masks, satin, by the way, vegan and cruelty free. And they are so great for your hair and skin while you sleep. It's really made a difference with my flyaways. And it's just super like luxurious and nice to have your cheek against something like that while you rest. I'm going to have to order another one because my husband has stolen my oh, satin pillowcase. Oh, no. to get it. <laughs> he needs his own. But they also have shampoo and conditioner bars. It's mm-hmm. bars, so they're bottle-free beauty. We both were talking about one to reduce the amount of plastic we use in our lives. And might as well take a soap bar and rub it on your head. Mm-hmm. It's great. They're great. They work great. Also... Heatless satin curling rollers. Say bye-bye to heat damage. There are TikTok videos of people throwing away their $600 curlers for this. The amazing thing is this is only a fraction of the price at $18. Can't beat it. Kitsch also has quick dry hair towels, my favorite, as well as their classic hair ties and scrunchies. And so much more. The uh, some, One of my friends just the other day was like, "What? I need something good to curl my hair. And I said, Try Kitsch. It's given me the best curls I've ever had. We still look at those curls with fondness in those photos. (laughs) Right now, Kitsch is offering you 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash sinister. That's right. 30% off anything and everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H dot com slash sinister. One more time, mykitsch.com slash sinister for 30% off your order. According to Spooky Isles, it was Mr. Wise's prior encounters with UFOs that caused the before organization to look into this claim. In response to Mr. Wise's report, researchers from Bufora spoke with the children in order to gauge their reliability. After the interview, the researchers were satisfied that both children truly believed the incident occurred to them and weren't showing signs of deception. Yeah, and the language before used was you know, given their age, we think they're telling us the truth. They, you know, they're saying they're giving us certain details. They're maintaining consistency each time somebody else talks to them. So it's not like, oh, looking around, um, maybe this happened next. It was like first this, then this, then this. And then the next person asked them, same order. Like Faye was like, oh, I'll recount it for you again. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't, my story has not changed. I like that Bufora talked to them. I'd also like if, a psychologist talk to them might help you never know you never know what what really went down the true identity of sam remains unknown however over the decades several theories have emerged as to what the two children may have seen that day initially the children were certain that they had seen a ghost indeed when the two kids asked sam if he was a ghost the entity's answer indicated he just might be saying well not really but I am in an odd sort of way. Was Sam some version of a once earthly being trying to cross over into another realm? If not a ghost, perhaps an underappreciated cryptid? 
Yeah, it's corporeal because it was able to pick up the book and splash around and jiggle the berry around in its skull. <laughs> so it doesn't seem to fit what I understand as a ghost. But like, like we said, we don't. I've never met. I haven't met every ghost. I don't know every ghost type. And what is a ghost? If he says, "Well, not really," but in an odd sort of way, whatever he is, his idea of a ghost might be something different. That's true. I believe it was a Doctor Who episode when David Tennant was the doctor and they had this machine where it was pretty much a lever they could pull that would bring down I'm sorry. The veil. Do you mean a jackpot handle? Oh shit. <laughs> bing 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 slot bing, machine bing, bing. handle. Jackpot. We hit the bonus <laughs> round. Yes. Oh, my God. It's all connected. And when they would pull the lever, the veil between our dimension and another dimension would raise, but not completely. And so they had these what they called ghosts walking around, but were, in fact, cognizant beings from a different dimension that were just sort of partially in this one, kind of like our realm of existence is fixed. And then the different realities are layered on it. And so they were accidentally merging these two layers so somebody that hadn't fully merged sort of appeared as this like weird ephemeral appearing disappearing ghost perception wise to us in this realm while simultaneously in their realm they were confused because we look like ghosts interesting so maybe it was a, a crossover a bleed over of a couple different realms coming together it's all, you never know, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff, as the doctor would say. It's just, it's all kind of, you know, it's all happening at the same time, but right? not really. Could also be a cryptid that we just don't know about yet. I read one article from, uh, the author was saying, they like to think that this is just an underappreciated and not as well-known cryptid of the UK. That makes sense. And if the cryptid wanted to really hide himself, having... Two homes is the best way to do oh, it. Oh, we all want a second home. Yeah, that's a. That's I'm trying to get one of... in Maine, but wherever you want, that's cool. Well, after you were telling me about this Alaska, what was it called? Winning the wilderness. Well, in the end, turns out they got swindled. But it all uh, takes a turn. But uh, Alaska is gorgeous. Yes. But yeah, something like you could have a second house. You could hide easily. He's got the Isle of Wight, and then the mainland. In the forest, they'd never find him. Mm-hmm. Hop on an airplane at the airport. Oh, maybe he has his own little aircraft. Or that. Probably He's looks flying like himself. a toy plane. Just a remote controlled little plane. <laughs> or Excuse he's, me. He's got a, a spinny, colorful propeller that he puts on the top of that little black ball on his head and just zings across the, across the pond. He himself is a rocket man. There you go. That's what that song was about, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Burning up the... Yeah, I mean, Elton John's from there, so it makes yeah. sense. He wrote it about him. Rocket Man is about Sam the Sundown Clown. <laughs> Just, it's canon, I've decided. Because the story of Sam the Clown first appeared in the Bufora Journal, many still believe that Sam was most likely an alien being. Perhaps the sighting of Sam is directly linked to the extraterrestrial accounts Mr. Y claims to have had. And that tracks with him telling the children that there are more of his kind mm-hmm. and that he doesn't. And it may just be a peaceful race of extraterrestrials who don't want to. They've seen if you've come to Earth and seen the destruction that we lay upon one another. Yeah. For those that we perceive as others, you you look and go, well, shit, I ain't going to tell him I'm here. <laughs> no. Hell No. I also wonder, why are you there? Just reconnaissance? What's he doing? 
You never know. Maybe his planet was destroyed, chilling. Maybe it's an assignment. It's a work assignment that mm-hmm. he's supposed to come here and uh, who knows what he was supposed to do. But he's like, I like quite like my berries. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like to finish my book before I have to go back. <laughs> Leave me. If Mr. Wise's experiences are linked to his daughters, another explanation for Sam, and one of which many may be unfamiliar, is that Sam was a man in black. Traditionally, men in black are thought of as no-nonsense, suited-up men, donning black sunglasses and stern expressions, a far cry from the children's descriptions of Sam. However, there is a lesser-known type of men in black that closely resembles the look of Sam. Certainly, I go based upon the Will Smith song, Black Suits Come In. And yeah, I, that's I mean, you, all you, think, you think Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith, when you think men in black. I don't think weird looking color block clown that looks like a giant wooden doll. No. And I think that is not as sexy on a movie poster. So <laughs> you go with the suit. Uh, I'm sorry. Have we had a third men in black? Because if not, cat, same cast, Will Smith. Eh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe same cast. <laughs> We'll see. That's not up for me to decide. Whoever you want to cast, though. These are the outfits. The black suits, slim fit black suits out, wooden looking clown costume in. With a ball right on top of the head. Yes. This week on our Unpopular Opinion segment that we released on Patreon, we had a segment called Christie's Corner where you got to tell one of your hot takes mm-hmm. that has in it has inspired others to share their what they were afraid of. Well, because I'm still reeling from the blowback of the backpack. So I'm glad that <laughs> the I'm not going to tell y'all what it was. If you want to hear what this hot take was, you're going to have to go to Patreon. But it's polarizing. It was polarizing. Well, I want to go ahead and share what I think. I don't know. if I don't know if this is controversial. Well, I'm gonna put it out there. Nod your heads. Black suits coming is better than the original Men in Black song. I don't know what that song is. Well, oh, God. Fuck your, you. your face just looked so disappointed and disgusted. You remember the first one that's like, here come the, the men, men in black. black. Yeah, not a not bad, not a bad song. But if you ever want to fucking throw down, if you just want to like right now, if you're having a bad day and you're listening to this and I hope not if you're if you're listening to this, I hope it help, makes your day better. But if you're ever ha- in a in a place or you need to get hyped for like an exam or a meeting at work, like a performance review, go in your car, turn up. Black suits come and nod your head all the way. And that song is just like, what? How does it go? Nod your head. The black suits come in. Nod your head. Come in. I'm coming. I'm coming. Who sings it? Will Smith. Oh, okay. Is this the the one that goes now something about bounce with me? Probably. Now nod your head. Nod your head. Yes. Bounce with me. Uh, I saw it at the. Alcatraz parking lot circus at Townies Mall in Mesquite, Texas. <laughs> the parking lot circus men did a trapeze routine to it, and it was one of the most exhilarating shows I've ever seen in my life. Was there a fantastic. clown at the circus? Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> kind of technically. So what happened was in one of the scenes, the guard, which I thought this was a men's prison, but the guard is at a desk, and for no reason, uh, the music starts... I think starts- you got to back it up and explain why you're talking about a prison. Because I was in the parking lot circus called Cirque Alcatraz. Yes. The theme of the whole circus was Alcatraz, correct? Yes. It yeah. was. Well, later on, they had to change the name of it. I'm probably, they probably got a cease and desist that they weren't allowed to use that <laughs> name. Because then it was like, 
the cir- jail circuit. <laughs> mm. Cirque but de prison. The clown that was a part of it. So then the jailer is sitting at it's like a desk, I guess, just in his office. And then he does heroin. Oh. Okay. Out of nowhere. That's a turn. It was strange. And then he, the music starts playing that song that's like, one pill makes you smaller while another. <laughs> it's from the 70s. I believe it's Jefferson Airplane. Oh, yeah. White Rabbit. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Tie into a future episode. Damn. Well, then a prisoner comes out, but it's a lady dressed in an orange jumpsuit. Anyway, she strips naked, but she's got a clown face, too. Not fully naked. She was wearing, like, black panties My and God. a bra. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> if the Cirque Paranormal Circus comes to your town, go and see it. It's worth <laughs> the price of admission. It's The whole time, you're like, someone could die tonight. Uh, it's extreme. Someone probably has. That it was may- impressive. Maybe that's why they got a cease and desist. Impressive and extreme. Family physician Dr. Herbert Hopkins claims he was visited by one of these men in black on September 11th, 1976 in Maine. At the time, Dr. Hopkins was studying a UFO sighting. In a 1978 interview on NBC Radio, the doctor recalled his strange encounter. The character was as bald as an egg. He didn't even have eyebrows or eyelashes. It looked like he had smooth plastic skin like a doll, except that it was a dead white color. His lips were a brilliant ruby red, and he spoke in an expressionless, monotone scanning speech. He constructed no phrases and sentences, just a sequence of words evenly spaced. His voice was completely passive, with no inflection or intonation, as if you were hearing it from a machine that could talk. Then I could see that his mouth was a perfectly straight slit. Apparently, he did not have what we call lips, so the lipstick was put on as a decoy. His mouth was more like a ventriloquist dummy. Oh. I did not know that a second type of Men in Black was even a thing until researching this. And now, two possible sightings of these things. (laughs) You've got a thousand yard stare right now. Because can you imagine? You know how I feel about ventriloquist dummies. And it's half ventriloquist dummy, half clown, like some fucked up kind of centaur. No, thank you. <laughs> clown tar. <laughs> yeah, this is your two worst nightmares stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh, Dr. Hopkins, I'm sorry (laughs) that you had to endure that. So I guess he's saying that he was studying a UFO and then. He was visited by one of these creatures to erase his memory. That's what they do, right? Because you've seen something you weren't supposed to. Yeah, we're recasting Men in Black. So <laughs> now it's Sam the Sandown Clown and this lipless villain. And that's what I want to see. That's the yeah. adventure I want to see. Same. Yes. Were Faye and her friend visited by a man in black because of Faye's father's alien encounters? While the children claimed to have chatted with the being for a half hour... Very little of the conversation is known. Could Sam have been probing Faye for information on her father, who may have seen something he wasn't supposed to? That's a really good point, because say he even just briefly asked, have you ever seen anything weird? And the kids say no. And it said, well, has your, you know, has any of your family members seen mm-hmm. anything? And Mr. Y specifically said he didn't share all of those sightings with Faye. So if she said, no, 
then the guy's like, I guess I'll hang out with these fucking kids for a couple <laughs> minutes. You want to see a trick with a berry? <laughs> I got sent down here from my cool ass planet to this place, and now I mean, she didn't even she doesn't even know anything. I don't no, have to you. clear anybody's memories. It's a freaking waste of time. I used the siren twice. I didn't even think I needed to do that. I gotta write a report about it. It's gonna be a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Dale's gonna be pissed at me. I didn't get any answers yeah, again. Dale is on one. <laughs> of course, it is possible Faye and her playmate made the entire story up. Nothing more than the conjuring of two young imaginations. The children's parents were adamant they believed their story, but no one was ever able to find Sam's metal hut, nor was he ever spotted again. Perhaps the children did make up the story, but not for the sole purpose of being pranksters. Some have speculated that Faye and the boy may have experienced a foilia du, also known as shared delusional disorder. While the exact causes of shared delusional disorder are unknown, it is believed that stress and social isolation are the main contributing factors. Tragic as it may be, it is possible that Sam was an ill-intentioned human dressed in a funny fashion to lure curious children into his metal hut. Neither child ever mentioned Sam acting untoward, but is it possible that something traumatic occurred to them while with Sam and this fantastical story was developed by the children as a coping mechanism? This is another speculation that a lot of people have because if we if we want to I mean, I'm not trying to end this episode on a dark note, but we can't discount the possibility that this was just a person dressed real fucked up, their kids, and they don't know, and they go into a hut. And it's just a weirdo in the woods. Mm-hmm. Or or some people think, with the folly I do, that they made the whole thing up, that there was no siren, there was mm-hmm. no hut, there was nothing. They made the whole thing up. But that's a good point, too. I didn't think about that, that there could have been a person... But then they told themselves or told their parents a more fantastical story than what really happened. Yeah. Whether Faye concocted this incident to impress her father, whether there is a strange resident lurking in the woods trying to trick children, or whether a mysterious extraterrestrial visited the idyllic Isle of Wight, the mystery of the Sandown Clown endures to this day. Wherever his metallic hut landed next, there he remains— eating berries, connecting with locals, and capturing the imagination of all those who hear about him. So what do we think? Wow. Well, I think uh, these kids are much nicer than me. I I don't know if I would have endured that. I freaked out when I saw the Yeti, the white Yeti monster when I was a kid. And Mm -hmm. I at least knew that was, I thought I might, you know, I think I might have thought it was a polar bear, but it was a guy in a costume, you know, it was in a haunted house. But this is some innocence to... Go back to the hut. What's your gut tell you this is? Do you want my fun answer or my what I really think happened answer? Both and your choice on the order. Okay. (laughs) I'll give what I really think happened first since it's not fun. I think that either the entire thing was made up by the kids. Um, I also think it could have been made up by Faye's father as a way to kind of strengthen his argument of there are there's UFO activity happening around this place. I think it's also very possible that this was a real person uh, just camped out in one of the metal huts of this very rarely used airport and um, 
he invited those kids in. I hope nothing happened. But if something did happen, and as a coping mechanism to deal with trauma, they created this this story, I think that's a possibility as well. I do not think that there is really a, a clown-like entity that is living in the woods out there. But my fun answer is there's a alien clown entity living in the woods out there. <laughs> well, I think... They, I think there was something in the woods. I think they saw something. Whether it was, I think I have to, column A, column B. Column A, was it a employee of the airport or somebody that wasn't supposed to be back there and was hiding their appearance with whatever they could find? That's why stuff was, what threw me off about it was stuff that's made out of organic material. Like he has wooden slats sticking out of his arm. And if he only had three fingers, did he have on like some weird gloves that he found in this metal hut that maybe was once a garden shed? And the weird clothing, like everything struck me as weird. But I would also wonder if you crash landed here or if you were trying to obscure your true identity, you would also just have to grab stuff that was around, which might be like wooden slats or, you know, weird tunics, weird fabric. The knob on his head was made out of wood. So I think that the entity itself existed in a costume. What was underneath that? Was it, why did it put a berry in its ear hole? That's what I throws me off is the berry mechanism of eating a berry. I've never tried it. I've never tried to stick a berry in my ear. There's first for everything. I stuck a Fred Flintstone vitamin up my nose. It did not go well. My brother stuck a roly-poly up his nose once. (sighs) A rock. I've had to get a rock out of Ella's nose. No. Yeah. After the Fred Flintstone. Oh, yeah. Those Flintstone vitamins. Those were good, though. You used to Mm -hmm. eat those like candy. Straight up. Mm -hmm. All my vitamins. (laughs) I think that um, the the same could be said for... So an unhoused person or someone maybe that's living off the land that you find what you can to to wear and use for as materials for things. So I think if the person existed, I think it was a real person that was dressed oddly and two seven-year-old kids told a story that made it seem like it was something even more odd than maybe it was. Just a good old-fashioned forest weirdo. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Well, if you're a kid and you haven't been exposed to a lot of stuff, and what you have been exposed to is cartoons, animation, toys, and you see someone, you might describe it like, oh, it kind of looks like this because you saw what looks like a toy doll, a wooden doll, dress, somebody dressed up in it, and then your brain kind of fills in the gaps of when you're trying to explain it to an adult what was going on. That's a really good point because the description is going to be from a seven-year-old. So you have to basically regress your vocabulary down to that of a seven-year-old where like if its eyes were trapezoidally shaped, they don't know what that word is, maybe. And so it's like triangle, like it looked like kind of, tri- so we might not even be getting the full description of what he looked like because like you said, they're kids. And so they're trying to match it to, oh, it's like he had like a clown hat on, but it might be have been shaped differently, but they're just trying to. Mm-hmm. identify something that they already know that makes a lot of sense it's like when our eyes see shapes where there's nothing mm-hmm. like the pareidolia or whatever but i i i have suspicions that i also just like 
this men in black thing is throwing me off now. It's very <laughs> scary to think about they're going to come and find you out. So I wow. formally rescind. I have not seen a UFO. Please don't come and question me. It was a Southwest Airlines plane. I think um, there's a very strong likelihood that this was also um, a man in clown makeup and just kind of ragged clothing that was living out there that had a meeting with these children. That's true. And if he knew some sleight of hand magic, Mm -hmm. then the description of what the kid's saying, like I said, he could make it look like a berry. And even if you hold your hand the right way, you could open your eye and be like, oh, a berry's in my eye. Mm -hmm. Or if it was a mask of some kind or something like that. Same with him not having a neck. I'm like, okay, well, is that like a space helmet type of thing? And I always wonder, too, if you're out there doing government shit that you're, you're not supposed to tell anybody about. And the kids come upon you, you can't be like, I work for MI6. I'm out here because we're testing missiles and we're doing underground testing on this remote island. You have to be like, I'm your friend. (laughs) Why would you be dressed like a clown and yelling at them to come to you over a microphone? I don't, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know that if the kids just misinterpreted what a helmet looked like and said, oh, but it was a clown. Oh, yeah. I think think the kids are making up a lot of this too. For whatever reason it's being made up. I hope it's just for fun and not because something traumatic happened that they're trying to suppress. No, I think the government was out there doing stuff and the kids came on him and he had to be like, I'm your friend. (laughs) Well, we may never know if you are from this area and you've seen him or you are him. Let us know. Please. Yeah. If you're from anywhere near the Isle of Wight and you've heard tale of this story, we would love your version. Please yes. uh, write it into Freaky Friday and go to sinisterhood.com slash contact and then just click Freaky Friday and let us know your Sam the oh, Sandown yeah. Clown encounter or any other spooky things that happened on the Isle of Wight because it sounds like a pretty haunted place. So we definitely need to go there. Now, yes, there's a lot of stories about ghost stories and stuff of the island. We just mm-hmm. need to also go ourselves and check it out. That's what really needs to happen. We'll bring our apps, our ghost hunting apps. (laughs) We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting this show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the rolling the airwaves getting into a tier. It is rife with people's hot takes and unpopular opinions right now. We got threads on peanut butter and jelly, TV shows, and so much more. You also get a special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. The I've been faithfully watching the well listening to jury selection in the Alec Murdoch trial watching the whole trial as it unfolds and before the end of January we're going to do a trial so far recap because there's like 200 witnesses on the witness list so we will uh we'll do a pre-verdict update for you on Alec Murdoch also don't forget patrons in the getting into a tier are able to vote on a bonus content segment each month they would like to see live streamed Jan 31 8 p.m central we're doing the live stream right now rural internet posts is by far in the mm-hmm. lead, and I've been scouring my local hometown Facebook group laughing out loud at the shit, so I will we'll put it up on the screen so y'all can read along with us, nice. and we'll, we'll share some rural internet posts. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time, and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. 
We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. It is this week. We're doing this month's during the afternoon to accommodate UK listeners as well as Australia and all sorts of other places. So January 26th, 2 p.m. Central Time, we're going to be doing our live Q&A. Can't wait. For our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros or doubloons, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available, and those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. We do need a pirate tier. We've got to to add one. (laughs) Doubloons only. We've got a conversion. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. And make sure you stick around after our sign-offs to hear your shout-out. And you might want to join Patreon because you get first access to live show tickets. That might become pertinent in the coming weeks. Hint, hint. Just saying. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like T-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share a topic-based playlist from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod and like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. We're also on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you at? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world and I am on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting the show on Patreon. Here are your special Patreon shoutouts. Ava Perone. Jane Boone. Morgan Comiskey. Patricia Hupfer. Beth and Uri family. Shelby. Melissa Williams. Maggie Moss. Haley Renee. Mercedes Powell. Vashti Marmel. Sarah Charpentier. Lauren Algar. Rachel Bills. Heather L. Reeser. Caroline Hall. Kelso. Whitney Hawkins. Randy Collins. Sydney Jodon. Shania Antila. Catherine S. Destiny Henniger. Celeste Green. Jessica Debnam. Mackenzie Parrish. Carrie Ainsworth Tudor. And Heather Blackman. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We could not do this without you. We hope we pronounced your names correctly. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep it creepy. <laughs> Nod your head. <laughs> Sinister Hood.